Here we go. Hey there, folks. This is your host, Cameron Ivey of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Said, let's go. Hey, yeah. I said, let's go. That was bad. <clears throat> I can do way better than that. Whoa. See what I mean? Anyways. Alrighty then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Privacy, Please. I am your host, Cameron Ivy, and I've got some delish news stories coming out of the hot press of the interwebs. Now sit back. And let's listen to some other people's problems. Anyone with me? Who's with me? Hmm? Anyone? Two massive news stories that have come out just recently. One regarding Toyota. Whew. Car location data of 2 million customers exposed for 10 years. And the other news story, Dish Network likely paid ransom after recent ransomware attack. <clears throat> Man, these are good. Let's dive in. Toyota Motor Corporation disclosed a data breach on its cloud environment that exposed the car location information of 2,150,000 customers for 10 years between November 6, 2013 and April 17, 2023. According to a security notice published in the company's Japanese newsroom, the data breach resulted from a database misconfiguration that allowed anyone to access its contents without a password. It was discovered that part of the data that Toyota Motor Corporation entrusted to Toyota Connected Corporation to manage had been made public due to misconfiguration of the cloud environment, uh, he says. After the discovery of this matter, we have implemented measures to block access from the outside, but we are continuing to conduct investigations, including all cloud environments managed by TC. We apologize for causing great inconvenience and concern to our customers and related parties. Aw, thanks for the apologies. Does that give me back my privacy, though? Mmm, I don't think so. Exposed car location and videos of this incident exposed the information of customers who use the company's T-Connect G-Link, G-Link Lite, or G-Book services between January 2nd of 2012 and April 17th of 2023. <clears throat> That's a long time. That's a lot of people. T-Connect is Toyota's in-car smart service for voice assistance, customer service support, car status and management, and on-road emergency help. The information exposed in the misconfigured database includes the in-vehicle GPS navigation terminal ID number, the, the chassis number, and vehicle location information with time data. While there is no evidence that the data was misused, unauthorized users could have accessed the historical data and possibly the real-time location of 
15 million Toyota cars. It is important to note that the exposed details do not constitute personal identifiable information, so it wouldn't be possible to use this data leak to track individuals unless the attacker knew the VIN of their target's car. The car's VIN, also known as chassis number, is easily accessible, so someone with enough motivation and physical access to a target's car could theoretically have exploited the the decade-long data leak for location tracking. So a a second Toyota statement published on the Japanese Toyota Connected site also mentions the possibility of video recordings taken outside the vehicles having been exposed in the incident. The exposure period for those recordings was defined between November 14th of 16 and April 4th of 23, which is nearly seven years. Again, the exposure of these videos would not severely impact the car owner's privacy, but this depends on the conditions, time, and location. Toyota has promised to send individual apology notices to impact customers and set up a dedicated call center to handle their queries and requests. In October of 22, Toyota informed its customers of another lengthy data breach resulting from exposing a T-Connect customer database access key on a public GitHub repository. This enabled an unauthorized third party to access the details of 296,019 customers between December of 17 and September 15th of 22, when external unauthorized access to the GitHub repository was restricted. That's still just, that is mind-boggling, the timestamp between the information that was, even if it wasn't identifiable information, again, still having that information exposed is just baffling. But another big name, another data breach. Moving on to the second story. So Dish Network apparently paid ransom after a recent ransomware attack. So Dish Network, an American television provider, we're all aware of them, most likely paid a ransom after being hit by a ransomware attack in February based on the wording used in data breach notification letters sent to impacted employees. While it didn't directly confirm it paid, Dish implied as much as saying that it received confirmation that the extracted data has been deleted. End quote. Ransomware gangs... Ah, the old gangs are back at it again, guys. They only delete data or provide a decryption key after a ransom is paid, meaning that this is highly unlikely that Dish would receive confirmation that the stolen data was deleted without paying. Unless they know some guys. Because, you know, we know guys and gals. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that one. But right off the bat, it sounds like sounds like they've exposed themselves to not even getting too far into this article that they kind of got caught with their pants down and also paid for it. And then they got kind of (laughs) accused of both, which is not a good look. Um, All right. So even if law enforcement was able to intercept the server hosting the data there, there would be no way of knowing that a copy of the data was not also stored elsewhere by the threat actors without paying a ransom. Sadly, paying a ransom does not guarantee the complete deletion of total of, of stolen data, right? Um, There's called backups. Come on. Past incidents have have demonstrated that victims who paid ransom 
were subsequently subjected to further extortion weeks later had their data sold to other threat actors or had it leaked on data leak sites. Bleeping Computer, uh, which, which is this, this article is from, reached out to Dish, uh, the network spokesperson, to confirm if they paid the ransom, but a response was not immediately available. No customer data was affected in the incident. The company also revealed in the notification letters that the customer information was not compromised during the ransomware attack that hit its network on February, in February. However, Dish discovered that confidential records and sensitive information belonging to current and former employees and their families have been exposed during the breach. We have since determined that our customer database were not accessed in this incident, the company revealed in a data breach notification letter sent to affected individuals. However, we have confirmed that certain employee-related records and personal information, along with information of some former employees, family members, and limited number of other individuals were among the data extracted. Dish also informed the Maine Attorney General's office that the data breach had affected 296,851 individuals with the exposed information included, including name and other personal identifiers in combination with driver's license numbers or non-driver identification card numbers. So what, like CVS cards? <laughs> do you still shop at CVS? Do people still do that? <clears throat> Walgreens? I mean, maybe for prescriptions and accessories on the go. Anyways, according to unredacted data breach notification letters seen by Bleeping Computer, the personal information in the stolen files also includes health information and uh, health insurance information and COVID-19 vaccine status. This comes after DISH confirmed in an 8K form filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission also known as the SEC, on February 28th that the attackers stole data, potentially containing personal information, but didn't reveal if it belonged to its employees, customers, or both. Attackers allegedly encrypted DISH VMware ESXi servers. So although the specific ransomware gang responsible for the incident remains unnamed by the company, uh, Bleeping Computer was told by credible sources that the notorious Black Basta ransomware operation orchestrated the assault, initially breaching Boost Mobile before infiltrating the Dish corporate network. Where did they get these names? The Black Basta? According to multiple sources familiar with the matter, the attack occurred in the early hours of February 23. The assailants reportedly gained access to Dish's networks, Windows domain controllers, subsequently encrypting VMware ESXi servers and backups, causing a massive outage that affected its websites and apps. While Bleeping Computer has sought to verify this information independently, no ransomware gang has openly claimed responsibility for the assault and concrete evidence is yet to emerge to confirm the Black Basta attribution. Since the incident, the satellite broadcast provider has been slapped with multiple class action lawsuits filed across different states, alleging DISH has poor cybersecurity and IT infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> the company was unable to properly secure customer data, leaving it vulnerable to access by malicious third parties, states a class action complaint 
for violations of the federal securities law filed in the U.S. District Court of Colorado. Dish Network has yet to respond to numerous bleeping computer inquiries sent via email seeking more details regarding the, out- regarding the outage and the underlying ransomware attack. Man, that is the end of the article and another fascinating one. Two big companies, Dish Network and Toyota, both big data breaches and just poor, poor execution and just, I don't know, maybe, you know, sometimes these big companies need to get hit with some pretty hefty fines to maybe make some some better changes internally, whoever's running their security and privacy operations, because, you know, there are a lot of companies out there still that uh, would rather get fined uh, than to have something, you know, in place that's more modern with today's ongoing attacks. Anyways, hopefully that was insightful for your drive home or drive to work, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully we'll have some, I'm saying hopefully way too much, but we'll have some uh, interviews coming up. Gabe and I will have some deep dives as well, some more unplugged episodes. Thank you again for all the support and for always sticking around. And as my promise, as always, I will always have something for you every week. Cameron Ivy is over and out. You guys stay fresh because I can't wait to talk to you next week. If you have any um, guests, ideas, questions, anything, you want to come on the show, uh, send me an email, cameron.iv at protonmail.com. And again, thank you all so much. And we'll see you next week. Cameron Ivy, over and out. Hey, you guys made it all the way to the end. Thanks for listening. Again, if this is your first time, we really appreciate the support and everyone that's always been around since the beginning. We love you guys. Keep supporting privacy, please. And we'll always have new content each and every week. Cameron Ivy, over and out.